Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Let's Talk TV Live. I'm Barbara Barnett. I'm co-executive editor and senior TV and film editor of Blog Critics Magazine and proprietress of Let's Talk TV blog found at letstalktv.barbabarnett.com. Tonight we have a fantastic show for you, and I think you know that because we have Wow, so many people in the chat room already. Thank you for coming live to the show. Um, the first half hour will be all once upon a time, and maybe not all once upon a time, but mostly once upon a time, with the, uh, as uh, it's been put, the sci-fi goddess Jane Espenson, who has written and produced on most of the best sci-fi and fantasy series in the last couple of decades, including, of course, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Battlestar Galactica, Torchwood, Firefly, Game of Thrones, and I've left out so many, I'm sure, and now um, Once Upon a Time and her web series, Husbands, um, which has just finished its second season. In the second half hour of the show, we will be joined by Jane's collaborator, Brad Bell, also known as Cheeks and Cheeks co-star Sean Hemian to talk about their series, Husbands, and what else they've got planned over the next uh, month or few months. Um, during this Monday Night Live broadcast, Jane has kindly agreed to take a few phone calls, so if you're interested in saying hi to Jane or asking a question, uh, please do call in. The number is 718-305-6900. Eight two, and or you can Skype in as well if you are a, a member of Blog Talk Radio. Um, a really quick note before I bring Jane in, and she is in the green room now. Um, Let's Talk TV has launched a an app for Droid now and for iPhone and iPad in about ten days. That will be available. Um, it's got a built-in player, so you could listen to the show, you could read the blog. Um, there's all kinds of things available, writing tips for you who are participating in NaNoWriMo or not. Um, and so please uh, do download it. It's available in the Android store now called Google Play and will be in the iTunes store in just a couple of weeks. So I'm going to bring Jane in without any further ado. Jane, are Hello. you Hello. I'm here. Oh, what a posh and opulent green room that was. We try to have it appointed with all the best champagnes. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It was a virtual green room. It's just me sitting in my office holding on to a phone, but it's but it's posh and opulent. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, um, wow. Welcome. This is uh, we have talked talked for a while, not too long, um, but for a while, and I wanted to talk about last night's episode, Tallahassee. Yeah. What's going on? You know what's coming up on Once Upon a Time as well. Mm -hmm. So wrote Tallahassee with Chris Boylan, and that was Chris's first episode. Yes. Yes, Christine Boylan is a new writer on our staff this year, and yeah, this was her first one, and so I co-wrote it with her, and it was a it was a fantastic experience. We both we both ended up writing both writing all the scenes because. We split it up, and she took the Emma Neal story, and I took the Emma Hook story, and we wrote first passes, and then we traded and rewrote each other. So everybody got to write a little bit of everything. Oh, that's it was, it was it was great fun. So I have to ask you, the title, Tallahassee, 
they picked a pay, a place on the map to drive to. Is that how you pick the title? <laughs> or is there No, because uh it was in a previous episode if you saw the uh the scenes from previous episodes we Regina said in an earlier episode what was so fascinating that you spent two years in Tallahassee. Oh. So when we set out to write her story, we were like, Okay, well the one thing we know I mean we know a few things. We know she was uh in a juvenile facility in Phoenix. We know she spent two years in Tallahassee. Okay, what was in between? Um, and the idea, that we had this idea that Tallahassee was this dream location for these two kids who never got there. Uh, she must have got there in some other way after the end of this episode, and it just seemed like setting up, naming it after the dream location um, just made so much sense. Yes, yes, that's a, that's a great title. Everybody has their own personal Tallahassee. For some people, their Tallahassee may be stardom. For other people, it may actually be Tallahassee. Hmm. I'll tell you, what's your Tallahassee? <laughs> oh, my gosh. My Tallahassee is uh, an Emmy for husbands. Oh, yes. Great. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yes. I think mine is my first published novel. <laughs> nice. Good Tallahassee. Good Tallahassee. Yeah, yeah. NaNoWriMo is going to do it for me this time. I'm going to finish that novel. Yeah. Um, so, um, Neil Cassidy, what a great name. Well, yes, and I'm sure people went and blogged and found out who the real Neil Cassidy was. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, it seems as though uh, uh, if that's his real name, it's interesting. If that's an alias, it's interesting. But, yeah, we like the name. Oh, so it could be that he picked that name consciously as a, an alias. Mm-hmm. Could so he be. Thinks of himself as a merry prankster. Yep, exactly. Uh, could be that, or it could be, you know, just uh, a name that we are choosing for symbolic reasons, or it could just be a random name that sounded good. I, I think people should feel free. You know, the way the way they did uh, with August's name, which did turn out to be an alias. Um, of of uh, August Wayne Booth, you know, do do a little googling, see if there was a famous Wayne Booth, you know. Mhm. Well, interesting that you should say that because when we last talked, we talked about I asked you about um, Doctor Whale, and you said mm-hmm. that when we found out who Doctor Whale was going to be, we would just all uh, be surprised and excited and just delighted, and if people had done their research. Um, they would have found out that James Whale was the director of the original 1931 Frankenstein movie. Yes, and a number of people did. I was sort of refraining from retweeting all the people who, in fact, found that and figured out who he was because I didn't want to spoil it for everybody else. But I get lots and lots of tweets all the time that are correct guesses about who people are and where we're going. And uh, uh, people don't people don't tend to look at what's tweeted at me. They look at what I retweet. So uh, they don't always see that the, how many right guesses are out there. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Um, one of the things I was really struck by was, by the way, um, Jorge gave just such a, it's in, in a, in what was a very small part, but what a beautiful um, pathos-laced performance as the giant. It was just great. Yes, we originally had um, much longer explanations from the giant about sort of the backstory of his people, and we decided, like, well, that's 
That's good stuff. Let's let's you know maybe there's a whole episode in that, and and maybe this doesn't need quite so much. And so with with what we ended up writing for him was sort of purposefully kept very spare, and I think it was the better for it because he was able to do so much with just one eye. You see, just see one eye in that scene where he's talking about you know his pain, his pain, and it's so beautiful because because Jorge is is amazing. Oh, yeah. And I have to say, there's that one line that was said with just the right amount of, of, of bitterness was that the victors are the ones that get to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that that line just stuck out to me as being even a bit profound because it's so true. Um, it is true. Yeah, I mean, people have said it before, obviously, that the winners yeah. write the history, but there's something about hearing it from someone who you know has really lived through it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it got me to thinking, too, about um, the fairy tale characters and the the nominal bad guys and the good mm-hmm. guys. And, you know, the good guys always win in fairy tales, not in Once Upon a Time, necessarily, but in... Right traditional fairy tales, the the good guys, quote, quote, I guess, win, and they're the ones that, that tell the tale. They're the narrators. And Yeah. Right? And, 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 uh, yeah. I mean, you read any history book, and, and the, the way the war came out, um, sometimes the losers weren't around to, to tell their side of the story. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And, and it's re, you know, revisionism is rampant and even more mm-hmm. so. And and I just thought there was just so much in that one line that was great. Um, so now um, Neil is in New York City. We saw him in the opening scene of the season premiere. Yes. Very good. Yes, I hope everybody recognized that the Neil we saw in uh, uh, in the back of Vamma's car was the same guy we saw get that postcard in the season premiere. So and and of course we we heard him tell August to send him a postcard. So. Yeah, and we saw the postcard. We saw it last night. Yeah. Uh, so is he going to be able to actually come into Storybrooke? Well, we'll have to see. I mean, certainly there there seems to have been something keeping random people from just driving into town. It certainly doesn't seem to happen much. So uh, can he do it or not? That's that's a very, very good question to ask. Mm-hmm. No teases about that. <laughs> Uh, now, no, I mean, no, that is a tease. <laughs> maybe. Maybe is the teasiest tease I have. Okay, I will take it as a teasy tease. I know <laughs> Dane is famous for not giving spoilers, so I know better than to ask too, for too many, because she'll only say no. So. Well, it does seem, I will say this, that between the time that he got that postcard in the pilot and now, He's had plenty of time to drive to Maine, and he ha- and he hasn't shown up yet. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, for whatever that means, he hasn't shown up yet. So, so it doesn't doesn't look like he climbed right in his car and drove here. Yeah. No. Not at all. Um. So, is it possible that he is he is also a fairy tale character? It, from- it, it's it's anything's possible. He he could be. He seemed to just be a regular dude. But yeah. he also accepted he also accepted it much more quickly than Emma did. It took Emma a whole season. So yeah. you know <laughs> pretty easily. Yeah, who who accepts things that easily? Certainly if not a fairy tale character, he's certainly someone who seems to have been exposed to that idea before. Mhm. 
I have to just say, I, there are a bunch of people who'd ask some questions earlier, and I will get to the questions, I promise. And we've got a couple of people that are on hold, and I promise I will get to you guys. Because um, I'm getting uh, I'm getting little notes that ask the questions. Ask the, so I will ask the questions, I promise. Um, so with uh, August now giving the keys to Emma, what he didn't give her was all that money. Yeah, I think you sort of saw, uh, you know, he's Pinocchio. You hand Pinocchio a whole bunch of cash and say, you can go to Pleasure Island, you can go to Phuket, or you can you can hand this over. What's Pinocchio going to do? Uh, he, he said it, but uh, I'm not able to resist temptation. I'm just built that way. Yeah. Uh, I think that sort of tells us where that money went. I think that's true. I think that's true. So I wanted to ask you, too, um, Sleeping Beauty and Henry have that mm-hmm. dream. Yes, it seems as though they had the same dream. Yeah. Um, yeah, and a number of people have tweeted to me the correct guess about how that's possible, and I haven't been retweeting it. So, uh, uh, But but some people have, have figured out why, why those two characters would be connected. Um, okay, so you guys who are listening either live or um, <laughs> in the rebroadcast, and this is getting about my – the episodes are getting – that I'm broadcasting are getting 1,000-plus to 2,000 listens. Oh, so, my goodness. Hello, yeah. everyone. <laughs> yeah, wow. I'm really, actually, I'm really blown away by how many people are listening. So um, thank you, everybody, um, after just four broadcasts. So hopefully you'll keep listening. Um, but so, yeah, that's your, that's your homework, guys. Try to figure out the connection. So um, we have a couple of new baddies this year. Mm-hmm. Cora, who's back. She was there last year, obviously, as well. But she seems to be um, still around. And She's still around. She's in, in Cinder Fairytale Land, and she seems to have some plans to, um, to be making a move. Yeah. So between her and, uh, and Killian, Captain Hook, Hook yeah. Yeah. making their way for Storybrooke, um, is, are you guys trying to balance out the good guys and the bad guys? Well, it's interesting because most most stories don't do that. You've got a team of good guys and one big bad, and uh, I, it wasn't. Uh, I don't think there was a, a tally sheet of let's balance the score, but certainly there's no reason not to have uh, uh, more than one bad guy in the mix. Um, uh, the notion that good and evil are pretty equally distributed is, I think, kind of an interesting one, and. Uh, um, it, it means that characters can move around on the morality scale a little bit. I mean, I, there are characters definitely who are evil, but they are often motivated by very good intentions. Um, they certainly don't see themselves as evil. And so I, I think having a lot of characters um, all in the story at once allows them to, to shift around a little bit. Maybe this person isn't always bad. I mean, we're seeing we're seeing Regina strive for redemption. Yeah. Um, and you know, you know, what's motivating Hook? Well, his his wife was killed by Rumple. Sure, he stole his wife from Rumple, but still, it's a pretty good grievance. It is. It is. Um, so it should be pretty interesting. I. You know, Regina and Rumpel, I know Rumpel is trying to get back into Belle's good graces this year. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, 
he can't help be who he is. But um, and Regina is trying to redeem herself in Henry's mm-hmm. eyes as well. So um, you know, I'm wondering if maybe uh, these two new bad guys are gonna while well, these two from last year, Regina and and Mr. Gold slash Rumpelstiltskin are trying to sort of redeem themselves a little bit. We got more evil coming, so that's just my take. Um, so when is your next, so you, what, what's coming up for you next on um, Once Upon a Time? What's your next episode? I turned in, uh, at the end of last week, I turned in my script for episode 12 of the season. Um, so that's six episodes from now, and that's a solo one. And uh, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name or who it's about, but I'll say that I love it so much. I love it so much. I think you guys are going to just, you're going to plot, you're going to be so... I don't know. I just really love this one. I think the the team broke an amazing story. Um, it's got amazing cast members in it. It's got some funny. It's got some tragedy. It's you, you'll laugh, you'll cry. I'm really, really, really proud of it. So can I? I'm going to ask, and you may not tell me um, because you you've written so many of the Rumple Stillskin centered episodes. Is it a Rumple episode? It has a it has a good amount of Rumple in it. It has quite a bit of rumple in it. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's centered on him, but it's uh but he plays a he plays a major and uh driving role in it. Okay. Okay, cool. Um I'm gonna ask you some of the questions that uh some of the fans have asked, um that I that had tweeted me earlier. And then I'm gonna kind of run through the, the questions that are here in the chat room. I don't know if you see the chat room or not. I do, I see the chat room and I've got my Twitter feed up. People are asking me questions in both places. Oh, cool. Uh-huh. So feel yeah. free to jump in. Let me just ask you a couple of questions from from before, and then I will turn that turn the chat room over. And then there's one person on hold, so I will take that call as well. Um, so, um, can the first the the question I've been asked the most? Can you give us any scoop on what's coming up for Rumbell? Uh, Rumbell is an active romance and and there will be there will be there is rumbell coming up rumbell is not gone rumbell is is active and beautiful and has uh all all will not be smooth sailing but uh but i think romance lovers uh should not don't despair we got we got rumbell coming up okay okay um Another question was, um, given the popularity of your episode last season, Skin Deep, um, did that motivate any change in the story arc for Mr. Gold and, you know, make it motivate bringing Emily DeRavin back and making that arc? It was the the thing that motivated it was how much we enjoyed Skin Deep. Um, that w- we could tell it was an episode that that we all enjoyed. We loved Emily's performance. Something we try very hard not to do is go, oh, people like that. Let's mm-hmm. make let's let's bend the show in that direction because then you end up end up doing is you end up 
cooking for taste buds that aren't, aren't your own. You can't turn well, into someone a short order cook who's just sort of saying, oh, the, the fans want us to do this. They want these couples to get together and be happy and have a baby and, and not have conflict. And they want they want this to be solved. And Because you end up writing things, you no longer can look at it and go, oh, good, that's exactly what I want as a viewer. You end up going, that's what they want as viewers. Mm-hmm. And I think you can very quickly end up no longer having a judgment about what you want and you you miss out on some really great creative thing that that maybe nobody would think of but you um because you're just you're you're plugging in what people are handing to you and i think that can be very dangerous yeah i know that when i was writing extensively about the house md uh show mm-hmm. the fandom was very hard on the showrunners because they did what they felt they it was their story to tell and you can't please everybody. So if you're trying to please, you know, the audience, you're, there's going to be a segment you're not pleasing. So you have to really write your story. Yeah, and I think the things that make, for example, Joss Whedon shows and Once Upon a Time uh, such so such fan joys is that they don't they don't know what's coming up. It always surprises. It's it yeah. doesn't and and they get that sense of a, of the pure joy of the creator that the creator is writing the thing that thrills their own heart and they can they can sense that. If you're just sort of going through the motions of serving up what people have asked for, that joy goes away and you don't get that really fresh excited feeling in the writing um, or if I'm serving up a surprise for you um, and it may not be what you ask for but get, but taste it because it's, it's a taste you've never had you've never had this, this exotic dish um, you know that that's what's so much fun uh, about the, the fan writer experience I think from for both sides um, and so I'm predict- for example if I if I sort of listened to what I'm being ordered to do um, I'm be- I've got so many people saying you absolutely must make sure that this doesn't happen. And the other, but then I've got the exact same number of people that are saying you absolutely have to make sure that this thing does happen. And they and they conflict. Like I would be totally dizzy with what do the what do the people want? They want Emma with Neil. They want Emma with Hook. They want Emma with August. They want Emma with Jefferson. I, uh, Emma's gonna be such a floozy. <laughs> Well, you know, with that blonde hair, you know. I'm going to ask this person to come online because she's been tweeting, I'm online, I'm online. So I'm going to uh, say hello. Hello? Hello? Hi. Yes, I hear you. Hello. Hi. Welcome to Let's Talk TV Live with Jane Espenson. Hello. Can Hi. you hear me? Yeah, we can totally hear oh, you. Oh, okay, great. Um, I didn't know you guys were talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> do you have Hi. a question? Hi. Well, yes, I do. Um, I know that obviously you're not going to give up too much of what's mm-hmm. on Once Upon a Time, given that you're secrecy, and um, you're definitely probably not going to tell us what's in the box. Um, because we're all excited to know what's in the box. You don't just show a box and expect us to just go along with it. So I will ask you, because you are one of my heroes as a writer, having written for so many great series and been such an inspiration to me to go ahead and try to write on my own, um, where do you go to for your inspiration when you're at a loss? That's a great question, and and good for you. You know, uh, writing is is the best job in the world, and, and I wish you every success. And um, luckily, I work in a part of writing that is um, 
where you've got a group. I've got a, a, I work with a staff of writers, and I come into work every day and sit with a group of smart people who are, and we're all in the middle of the show. And so every we come in and we just sit there and we talk about what about this, what about that, what if Rumble faced this, what if, what if Ruby faced that, and what would what would the implications be for everybody else, and what was what if this was the plan? And so the inspiration I go to, I go to work for inspiration. Um, and I recommend even if you are even if you are uh, say a novelist um, and so you write in a very solo kind of way, I would recommend a writers group um, and confide in your friends and loved ones and and sort of talk through the the story with them. Um, if nothing else, I find writing a long email to a friend about whatever story problem I'm having and then not sending it. It's the act of writing it that forces me to work through it. So mm-hmm. even if you have to imagine the conversation, try that um, and make it make it conversational and see if that doesn't get the inspiration going. I go to the evil regals for help. Um, there you go. But I will say, um, do you guys actually call them by their shipper names, like Rumbell and? No, we don't ever say Rumbell. No, we never <laughs> use the shipper funny. names. But I just like I like Rumbell. I think it's a very clever one. So. Um, I like it too. Yeah, um, but we would never we would we would never use those in the room. We would always say um, um, Rumple and Bell. Okay. Great. Well, thank you so much for calling thank in. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks. Good question. Okay. So, Jane, um, some of the questions that you've been tweeted or uh, seen in the chat room, do you want to answer? Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, uh, someone's referencing Brad Pitt at the end of Seven. What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> Absolutely, we we do that. We've been doing that in the room all day long today. What's in the box? Because um, we know we saw everybody uh, talking about it. Um, let's see. I want Episode Twelve to be bell centric. I want Prince Philip to come back. I must say, I'm not seeing questions. I'm seeing people saying, "I want this. I want this," I which know. is great. Yes. I love that passion. Even if we, even if, even if you know, sometimes if you particularly when people suggest a story, it sort of means we can't do that story then um, because, you know, we don't want we want stories to come from our own ideas and we don't want anybody saying like, oh look, they took my story or he took, they took her story um, so, you know, if, if, if so, you know, it's better not to tell us your story because then we have to go another direction um, well, Here's an interesting question How yeah. hard was it to write Miracle Day? Oh wow, the Torchwood that the person is referring to Torchwood, yeah. the last season of Torchwood that I worked on. Uh it was really hard because it was essentially a 10-hour movie. So, uh it was the most um continuous thing I'd ever worked on. Um so I mean in a 10-hour movie has still a whole lot of moving parts, things that have to be kept straight and carried through and paid off. Um he was really, really hard. Also, Russell is an extremely demanding uh, writer in the best sense in that he just keeps handing the script back to you and saying, great, love it, hooray, now go deeper, now go deeper. He like he will say, like, this is, I love this, it's the best thing I've ever read. Let me give you a hug, hooray, it's marvelous, now go deeper. So you literally would write eight, nine drafts of the script because he would just keep sending you back into certain scenes and saying, like, I'm not crying yet. Or I, or I don't quite feel this this yet, uh, and so you, you, it was it was some of the most um, demanding writing I've ever done, and I loved every second of it. Uh, Russell is an amazing boss, an amazing writer, 
And of course, uh, writing for that cast, writing for John Barrowman uh, and, and and Eve. Oh my goodness, Eve Miles, fantastic. Uh, and Mackay Pfeiffer, Mackay, who went on and did a role for us on Husbands. Um, fantastic. Yeah. Right, right. I knew that. That was a great series. I really. Um, I was not. I had not watched Torchwood at all until I saw mm-hmm. the first Miracle Day episode, and I was so blown away. I said, "Okay, I got, I've got to go back to the very beginning." And watched the entire series, I think, in about three weekends. So, yeah, it's it's amazing, and I actually think the the season before ours, um, Children of Earth, is one of the most exquisite things I've ever seen. Oh. I mean, it's it's tragic, it's horrible, it's desperately oh, yeah. aching, but it's also just so beautifully written, so beautifully crafted, and it manages to be funny at the same time that it's so sad. Like, I I really think um, if there was some sort of there should be some sort of special award that we can go back and give to Tortured Children of Earth because oh, I, I thought it was extraordinary. I've used and, that to teach out of. Uh, it's got so much in it. It's like such a rich series. It's Torchwood's third season um, called mm-hmm. um, Children of Earth. Everybody should be. Wow, well, somebody's saying, Yanto, yes. <laughs> I know, Yanto. It's, it's very, very sad about Yanto. Um, but to have, I mean, the to put a hero through that much, and particularly the bad things we see um, uh, him doing in the episode, Barrowman doing in the episode, is normally you don't get to sully your hero that much. You don't get to put your hero in positions that are that morally compromised, in positions where there is no answer in which no one dies. I it, I, I really think we, we, we make things... Everybody says, you know, make things hard for your hero. Make him make the hard choices. But we so rarely do. We yeah. so rarely say, okay, yeah, you can save the world. Shoot the puppy. And really make them, you know, the, the hero is the one who figures out how to do it without shooting the puppy. But what if there's yeah. no other way? You yeah, know, like, awesome. he, and by the way, he doesn't shoot a puppy. Just for everyone else. No, 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 no. And I'm not going to say what it is because I really want everyone to watch it. It's just such yeah. a brilliant series. Really. Yeah. Um, one last question about Once Upon a Time, and then I think um, it's either – I think it's going to be Cheeks that's on the line that's in the green room right now. So I'm going to ask this one last question, and then I'm going to bring – we're going to switch to husbands. So please, even if you're here just for Once Upon a Time, you must stay here for husbands, too. Stick around. With, there may be – I may throw some Once Upon a Time stuff in there. You never know. I yep. may suddenly tell you what's in the box, or I may tell you uh, all about the next episode coming up that's got uh, so much Ruby in it um, and a little bit of Bill. Okay. So, um, so stay tuned because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure there's some Once Upon a Time going on in the second half. Okay, and I will definitely end with that as well. So, yeah, you got to stay. Okay, one last question is – is is uh, is Killian going to go after Belle in revenge again? Rumple. That would be symmetrical, wouldn't it? Um, Rumple took away his woman. If he if he uh, had a notion that Belle was Rumple's woman, that would make a lot of sense. Um, but on the other hand, he really wants to kill. Rumpel, yes, he, he may not be in the mood to mess around and and uh, and come at him obliquely. 
Um, but I think I think you are you are raising a very good point. That would make that would make a great deal of sense. I like how the fans think on this show. Is that they they really are thinking the same way we do in the writers' room. That they are they are really thinking through what each character wants, which is the the thing that that writers do. Is you just sort of you're constantly thinking through for each character what do they want right now? What are their obstacles to getting it? What would be the logical thing for them to do? How does that affect what everybody else wants? Yes, like, yes. I've got a feeling that the 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 um the viewers of Once Upon a Time are all writers. They all think like writers. You know, I think that writers tend to gravitate toward particular shows that are writers' shows. Well, yeah, I mean, it's true. We are a show about stories, so yeah, of course yeah. that makes sense. And it's all a lot about the script. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to bring in. I think that Sean and Brad are both here. I don't get to see who's in the green room, so we're gonna. We're going to find out. Oh, my God. You just open the door to the green room and you see who comes on in. Who yeah, could be a risky, monster? Huh? That's <gasps> like, that could be anybody. That's oh, Brad. Right. Hang on one second. I've got to open the green room door once again. <laughs> uh, Behind door number three we have. <laughs> it's John. Oh, it's Frankie. All right. Yay. You've got team husbands in the house. I do. Hello. <laughs> we did this before. We did this um, like a year ago um, on Skype, and I could not That's get right. the, the video to. It's oh like, yeah, we were we were in the uh, Once Upon a Time office with Jane. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is where I'm sitting right now. I'm sitting right where we were when we did the Skype chat before. I love it when Jane calls from the Once Upon a Time office because on my caller ID it says Walt Disney. So I like to pretend Walt Disney is calling. I'm like, oh, Walt Disney is calling me again. You're going to be a part of the next Star Wars, you know? You never know. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be calling me, asking me to direct it. Who knows? I don't know. Oh, that would be interesting. That would be interesting. There was that big spoof that, that James Cameron and George Lucas were teaming up to make the next Star Wars. Did you guys see that on the Internet? It was, like, all no. over the place. Yeah. I totally fell for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so a lot of people listening, um, not necessarily live, but when they come back and listen to On Demand, may not necessarily know about husbands. So can one of you guys... Uh, give a, give the elevator pitch. Tell us what the show is about. Jane? Okay, <laughs> I thought that. That sure sounded like a Brad question to me. Um, this is the story of a, a set of newlyweds, a pair of newlyweds, and uh, they hadn't been dating very long and, and found themselves drunk married and decided to make a go of it. And the the t- big twist is that they're both husbands. Um, it's just it's it's just a show about a, a married couple like like Dharma and Greg or Mad About You, um, and Sean and Cheeks star in it. And Cheeks and I wrote it together. Brad and I wrote it together. And uh, uh, it is at com And it now is it also exists as a comic book that people can get at digital.darkhorse.com. Um, we've done six 12-page comic books, and we are going out um, to do a, a, a screening, uh, a benefit screening, so it sort of husbands just keeps keeps morphing and changing and growing. That's great. So the show is in, uh, just finished its second season. Right. Um, and um, the, well, the first season is kind of like the honeymoon period. The second season throws some really interesting conflict into the into the mix. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it was great. 
um, but also had lots of really neat guest stars. So who is on? Uh, who are some of the guest stars that have appeared on uh, Husband's second season? Oh gosh, you blink and you miss them. There's so many. Who wasn't yeah. a guest star? <laughs> Joss is on yeah. it. Yeah. And I think Jane, I heard Jane mention Mackay Pfeiffer. John mm-hmm. Cryer. Mm-hmm. Right. Who went on to win an Emmy for some other show that he does. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was for husband. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> um, we had Amber Benson and Emma Caulfield and Sasha Royes and Magda Apinovich and Asha Davis and Trisha Helfer and Deachin Lockman and I suspect I've forgotten a couple along the way. Very important who's people, that, but who's that yeah. famous redhead from the guild? What's her name again? Felicia Day. Yeah. Yeah. She knows how to eat a pizza. <laughs> Yeah, so we yeah, we were we were so thrilled with our cast of guest stars, and in addition to our regular cast of uh, uh, Brad and Sean and Alessandra Torresani from Caprica, who plays Haley, her best friend. Of course. Um, so you mentioned the comic book that's published, yeah. of course, which also publishes um, your Buffy comic books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wanna- I. Please tell. Oh, just I just I love Dark Horse. They've been um they're a fantastic company and yeah, they have they have always done the Buffy books and so that's my all my involvement with comic books has been with them and they're great. And um this year we came out with um in part of the Buffy season nine comics, uh Drew Greenberg and I co wrote a pair of episodes, uh uh which the second one of is coming out I think this week. Um about Billy the Vampire Slayer, the first the first male vampire slayer uh oh, wow. who is uh, uh and last month we was my issue and this this month is Drew's issue and um sort of introducing this new character that's sort of again sort of a, uh, a in a way I think of it as a companion piece to husbands where husbands is marriage equality um the billy stories are sort of slayer equality very good very good um so Wow, I couldn't hear anything. That was all broken up. If if the guys, yeah. if you could hear the question, can you? Uh, no, that was all broken up. Um, how many issues of the comic book are going to be available? There are six 12-page issues. There's two of them available now. They, the new ones come out every Wednesday, and like I say, it's at digital.darkhorse.com, and then click on See New Releases. Um, and uh, when they're all out, they will, next year they'll be collected in a, in a, a hardcover volume with um, a bunch of supplemental material in it. But you're going to want to get the downloads and, and watch them on your on your computer screen or your um, mobile device because they, they look so beautiful and glowy and gorgeous on screen. They they really do. Um, so you've gone in some different directions with the comic, yeah, than on the show because you can. Right, yeah, Brad, you should you should talk about talk about the comics. This is <laughs> this this was your foray into into comic book writing. I've yeah, done it before. For you, this was all new. Yeah, and so I was like, well, we can't stay in a house if we've got the comic book world open to us. You know, we want to. Um, go to space and go back in time and go anywhere we can go into the the fifth dimension um and mm-hmm. we do and and we really have fun with it uh the premise is that they receive uh, cheeks and brady receive a wedding gift that is a mystical book of sorts and it uh 
puts them on this adventure through a bunch of different universes that are um, famous, you know, iconic worlds that, I mean, that's sort of the tone of what we do with the show. You know, we like to take um, old tropes and and sitcom cliches and sort of turn them on their ear, and that's uh, what we're doing with the comic book is is a very tongue-in-cheek sort of journey through uh, classic comic scenarios. So people who have been reading it have already seen them as um, superheroes um, and as sort of once upon a time type fairy tale characters. And then next week you're going to see a little uh, little Holmesian vintage detective action. Oh, it's this week, actually. It's the day after tomorrow. That's right. Oh, cool. A little bit of Sherlock stuff going on, huh? Mm. Yeah. Cool. Mm. So... Sean, I wanted to ask you about November 11th because I know that Salt Lake City is very near and dear to you in, in Utah. Um, so tell us what's going on on November 11th. Great. Uh, yeah, uh, Husbands is headed to Salt Lake City, and we're going to do a viewing of the second season followed by a panel discussion to raise awareness for the LGBT youth of Utah. And if your listeners do not know, um, Utah has a uh, disproportionately LGBT youth, uh, homeless youth contingent and uh, a high suicide rate and uh, their numbers compared to national numbers of LGBT youth are, are drastically different, you know, such as um, if they're uh, verbally uh, assaulted, it's like seven, it's like 69% in Utah and like 53% national. So. Uh, it is very near and dear to me uh, as a recovering Mormon. I feel um, I've gone through my own journey, and it's a, a great opportunity for me personally to give back, but more importantly for husbands to give back um, and to do some good in the world. And uh, so on the panel, we'll, the team husbands will be there, Jane, Brad, me. We'll have uh, representatives from HRC, from Trevor Project, and, you know, as an update from last time, it's it's this uh, event has been catching like wildfire and everybody wants to be a part of it and had to put a cap on who could actually be on the panel, unfortunately, just so we could get through the night. But we've added um, a University of Utah pro- uh, professor in psychology uh, who can help with the science angle. And then we also have the executive director of the Point Foundation joining us as well. And the Point Foundation, if you don't know, uh, uh, offers scholarships uh, for LGBT youth across the nation. So it's going to be an incredible night, and we're raising funds for the Youth Homeless Resource Center there in um, in Utah, in Salt Lake City specifically, and uh, so they can build, so they can make beds, so they can have a place for these kids to sleep at night because they don't have a, a place to go right now. So they go there during the day to do laundry, to uh, sometimes get food if they're lucky, and uh, at night they have to fend for themselves. So. Right. Um, we're in a position where we can do something. If if anything, raise awareness. If anything, bring a smile to their faces. If they're not smiling, or you know, there's a lot. So, right. Yeah. You had told me that they were building a facility that had beds, and that it had a, a terrible accidental fire, and and uh, yeah, a few weeks. Yeah, if you, they built a they built a small uh, uh, home for uh, with like 14 beds. Um, and uh, just as they finished it, it, it burned down in, a, in, in, a, in an electrical fire. And, uh, yeah, so the timing of this couldn't be more perfect, I think. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and we're, I think we I'm, – I'm so impressed with Sean, who's really, really led the way with this. And like he's saying, like just the fact that we are in a position to do something, that isn't something we, we foresaw when, when Brad and I set out to write the show. It was like, yes, it'll do, it'll do good. And we were thinking in a sort of very abstract, winning the hearts and minds of the people. Like if people see that this young married couple is – that they identify with them. That reminds me of my, my marriage – um, maybe, maybe you know, maybe we're not so different. All that, like, but we weren't thinking yet of this very, very specific application of going out and and literally fundraising and helping helping an operation like this. And it, it's uh, I'm I'm so proud that we're going to be doing this. Yay! Yay! Um, is this the first of maybe you know a series of things that you guys do across the country? You know, sort of a. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. So how do people? I just saw somebody somebody put on the um, put on the, in the chat room that they're they're putting all sorts of links, which is great. Artist uh, the, the Twitter name artist supporter is gifting tickets to the event. So if you're listening, and tweet them um, and take a look in the chat room. It's artist supporter um, is giving uh, giving away tickets, but. Um, so, so tell us how people can get more information and uh, get tickets, and uh, even if they're not in Salt Lake City, how they can help. Uh, how they? Uh, we'll start with that. Um, if they're not in Salt Lake City, how they can help? I mean, first of all, thank you, artist supporter. That's really awesome of you to uh, donate the tickets. Uh, where we will be continuing to raise uh, funds after the uh, event. Um, we're going to document the event. We have some great filmmakers there in Utah donating their time to to shoot the video, to edit the video, to even shoot the panel. So all of that will be uh, available after the event, and, and uh, we'll continue to raise funds that way. So everybody can get involved, especially after the event. Um, to uh, find out about the event, if you're on the, uh, if you like the Husband's Fan page on Facebook, we do have a, a, an event page there. Um, you can follow at Team Husbands. We are retweeting the in information. And um, the website with the information, uh, unfortunately, it's a long web address. And I'll, just, I'll go slow and I'll say it one time. It's um, svdance.com backslash husbandsunity.php. You can also go to husbandstheseries.com. Um, which is our website, and you, if you forget husbandstheseries.com, you can just Google husbands, and it's probably the first result, uh, and that is on the home page as well. If you scroll down, there's uh, all the info there. And that was if, much easier. That was much easier. Follow what Brad said. Google yeah, husbands. There you go. End of story. <laughs> and the information is also on my website as well on um, Let's Talk TV uh, blog. There's an article about it with all of the relevant links as well. Yeah. I just checked, and we are still the number one thing. If you Google husbands, we are above the definition for the word husband. So I never know, though, because because Google does that weird thing where they filter based on your searches. So yeah. you've got a bunch of information mm. on your computer that you would be interested in that. So, I, I mean, like if somebody in Scandinavia searches husbands, I don't know if that's it. But sometimes when I'm at a computer, like, you know, at the Apple Store or something, I'll I'll – Right husbands and the thing, and it's the first result there too. So who knows? Maybe it is. You know what? That's a good. You know what? Our just you know fans. I mean, you know, don't do this instead of giving money to the homeless shelter or anything. But if you're ever in an Apple store, put in a search for husbands. Leave it up on the screen. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, we had, we had people do that once. We had some people infiltrate um, an Apple store, and they, like, swept all the computers and left the links open. <laughs> I, excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, speaking of the, the things that husbands um, are near – oh, somebody just put a link in the chat room, which is great for people who are listening live, but not as good for people who are listening in the um, in the archive or on iTunes. But thank you for putting that, that link up, Ian, post-X screen. Um, that's great. Um, so Election Day is tomorrow, and there are mm-hmm. initiatives on the ballots in several states. Mm-hmm. And uh, my daughter, who lives in Washington State, um, tells me that um, marriage equality, is, Washington may be the first state that marriage equality has been voted in by popular referendum. And they're pretty confident it's going to pass. Nice. And I know, yeah, there's initiatives in, I think, Maryland and Minnesota and somewhere mm-hmm. else. There's there's a number of important ones. Um, yes. So, yeah, people need to get out there. And, you know, even if your state isn't a swing state where you, so you feel like there's no reason to go vote, uh, I think just go vote for the um, LGBT issues. Yes, absolutely. Um, and wherever you are, vote. If you haven't already voted, vote. I know we've got people listening from overseas. Unfortunately, you cannot vote in our election. I know there's somebody listening from Japan um, who said hi from Japan. So really a really, really important election tomorrow with lots of important things on the ballot in addition to president. Um, So anything else you want to tell about husbands? Um, Yeah, just husbands keeps keeps growing and changing and keep an eye out for us like uh, uh husbands isn't done um and uh look for when uh when the hardcover version of the comic book comes out uh uh keep track of where we are because uh maybe we'll come to a place near you holding copies Ooh, of the that comic sounds book. like a hint to me it, it sounds does. like you know something that you're <laughs> kind of cagey about well the thing is if i do know something and i'm being cagey about it now people will only find out about it later if they follow at team husbands on twitter or <laughs> if they, if they yeah. just go sign up and like the the husbands of series facebook page or something so that's that's the way they'll find out if i'm being sneaky that's true. They've got to they've got to keep in touch if they want to know if we're coming to a town near them. That's so they right. Follow, they can follow you guys on Twitter by um, Team Husbands is your Twitter handle. Yep. Uh, and Jane, your Twitter handle is your name, Jane Essenson, and yep. Cheeks, you are Go Cheeks Go. That's yep. me. And Sean, you are Sean Hemian, yeah. Yep. Correct. Okay, good, good. So we have all the relevant Twitter handles in there. That seems to be the way of communicating these days, so that's kind of cool. Um, so, Jane, we promised to talk a little bit more about... Once about upon Once Upon a Time, the people who, who uh, the the patient uh, Once Upon a Time fans, who have now, of course, all been converted to husband fans as well. Uh, I see there's a question here on my Twitter feed where someone is saying, can I please answer whether Rumbell's age difference will be addressed on the show? Um, Rumpelstiltskin and Bell. Uh, Rumpelstiltskin is probably at least 100 years older than Bell, so that is a significant age difference. But if you think about Angel and Bell, Buffy, uh, he was probably even more of an age difference, yeah. Spike and Buffy similarly. So I don't see it being uh, something that, that we need to worry too much about. I, 
even a show like Northern Exposure uh, had a had a couple with a with a greater age difference than between uh, Rumpel and Bell. And if you think about like if you if if Robert Carlyle introduced you to his wife and she was Bell's age, would you would you be scandalized or would you just go like like what a what a lovely couple? Um, <laughs> so I don't I don't think it's going to be a, a big impediment. People who've been around for hundreds of years tend to tend to not worry about that stuff. Yeah, that's true. I would say that that's true. So, so you were going to say something you said about that episode, the big red little, not little, but red Riding Hood uh, episode that looks really, really good, by the way. Yeah, that's next week, and that was written by Ian Goldberg and Andrew Chambliss, and it's all about uh, uh, Ruby and uh, they in the previously the scene. I mean, not the previously the scenes from next week. Um, you just got a glimpse of a wolf. That shot of that wolf was actually taken from a previous episode. That was uh, a shot from um, my ep- the episode I wrote last season about Red, where we established that Little Red Riding Hood is also the same as the wolf. Uh, so that means that there are big wolf effects that weren't ready yet to be put in the preview, which means that they are that they are cooking up something special. I've got a feeling you're going to see some some really great wolf action coming up. So if you are a fan of Ruby, wolves, fairy tales, or awesomeness, you got to tune in on Sunday and see the next episode. Sounds, sounds like a wonderful episode, like they all are, and I'm really looking forward to that. So um, any last words, any of you guys, for the fans? Once Upon a Time words, Husbands words? Uh, uh, if you like Once Upon a Time and you like Husbands, make sure you uh, download the, the, the comic books that are already available, the Husbands comics at digital.darkhorse.com, because, uh, as I mentioned, issue two is uh, the Husbands in uh, in a very Once Upon a Time type world. That's uh, so, so you can be fans. In fact, being fans of both makes a lot of sense. That's my closing statement, other than I love the fans. Okay. Uh, Brad? Okay. Yeah, totally. Well, I think that um, the feedback that we've gotten about the comic book is um, uh, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, like it's it's so much like the show. It has the same humor of the show and uh, mm-hmm. very very much feels like the show except in a comic book form. So I think that if you're a fan of Husbands and you're not necessarily into comic books, you're kind of like, what, what, where's more of the show? I want more of the show. That um, you will be very delighted in uh, the comics. And, and we're getting an array of reviews. So. Yeah, and I mean, particularly if you're a fan of nudity, I think issue two will also appeal to you. Uh- oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And it was made for the fangirls specifically, and fanboys, let's be honest. I mean, we mentioned fangirls. Um, we have we have a nod to fangirls, but it was it was made for the fans of uh, of nudity and, and romance <laughs> and cheekiness. Ooh, okay, well, that's provocative. <laughs> that's wonderful. Okay. And of course, yes, yeah, Sean, who is uh, the uh, our leading force for our um, for our Utah appearance. I yeah. just want to do another shout out for uh, your listeners that if they know any LGBT youth in Utah that are close to Salt Lake City, please, please be brave. Be uh, just come come be a part of this. I I don't think you'll regret it. I think. Um, it, it'll be a big step for you in your life and in, in, in your what you want for your future. So please join us. Okay, that sounds like a great closing uh, closing statement about that. 
So um, thank you guys for coming by. I'm going to start wrapping up the show. And um, if you want to hang around, that's great. If not, thanks uh, Thanks for stopping by. I want to do this again. Um, yeah. Jane, will you come back on the show? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you and for having us. Well, I'm not just talking to Jane, but you guys too. Yeah. yeah. We love yeah. it here. We're always happy here. Yeah. Great. Great. This is kind of my new digs. So uh, hopefully you like the green room and, you know, it's, it's still in construction. I'm less than a month old, so, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it'll it'll get better, too. So. Great. It was lovely. The roses were a nice touch. <laughs> but, I, I, but I said only orange M&Ms next time, okay? <laughs> next time they will only be, you know, I like, I'm sort of partial to the blue ones. Oh. You know, lots of blue M&Ms and, uh, you know, a little bit of Piper Heitzik champagne. And oh, gosh. You like the roses. That that hopefully was a nice touch. <laughs> Pink house. Yeah. Thank you very much, Barbara. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Take care. So I'm not off the air yet, guys. We have another few minutes to go. And um, I wanted to tell you a little bit about what's going to be going on in the next few weeks. Um, I am in the process of trying to confirm a date with Jesse Schramm, who is uh, on Falling Skies once. Upon a time, she was Cinderella, um, and she is also currently on Last Resort, which you are, if you are not watching Last Resort on Thursday nights, you you need to do that. It's an excellent, excellent, serious drama show. Um, so I hope to have Jessie on. We're just trying to figure out um, around her production schedule. Um, in December, I'm going to be having on Todd Kessler, who was on The Voice, who's not on anymore but he's going to be actually live in the studio with his guitar um, on December 10th. And uh, also upcoming will be those of you who are X-Files fans. I know there are a few of you out there. Um, I'm actually going to be interviewing Dean Haglund later this week. Um, Dean Haglund, of course, you know, was of the Lone Gunman. And I'm actually going to be talking to him on Thursday, but I uh, we're also trying to find a time where Dean can come on the show and discuss um, the X-Files. We'll maybe have an X-Files special retrospective show. Um, later uh, in the winter, I will be talking with Lana Perea, and maybe we'll do that on the show rather than just me and her together on the phone. So there's a lot going on, a lot coming up. Um, our next show, yeah, I don't know any of those dates yet, so when, 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 I don't know. Uh, but I know Lana and I have talked uh, before. We, I did an interview with her um, a couple months ago, and uh, we had such a good time talking. She said she would love to pick up our conversation and uh, talk again. So um, maybe it will be on the show. So that would be really nice. So I want to spend the last minute or so reminding everyone once again, please, 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 please vote tomorrow. Um, it couldn't be a more important election. I'm not going to get all political, but whoever you're going to vote for, please make sure you exercise that very precious have to vote. And um, so I want to thank you. This was great to have so many people in the chat room who are still here. Um, Betsy and Carbell and uh, it, 
I can't pronounce your name. Itakilishtar, I think. Um, Nelly, Ryan, Sarah, Nita Coke, Third Lamb, Tiny Sparkles, and XOF1013, who I Files fan, and so be sure to stay around when I talk to Dean. Um, so, oh, writing in Lana Paria tomorrow. Okay, well that works. That works. That would be. Oh, okay. Eat ta chi chi ishtar. Okay. Um, so I, it's a very hard name for me to pronounce. So. Um, please stay tuned, and please, please, please tell your friends about the show. Tell them about Let's Talk TV, which is letstalktv.barbarabarnett.com, and please be sure also to check out Blog Critics, where we cover everything from movies to TV to politics to culture to you name it. We So thank you for tuning in. And we will see you next week at this place and at this time. Bye.